Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. The Under the Scope podcast is brought to you by underthescopesite.wordpress.com. Underthescopesite, S-I-T-E, dot wordpress.com, where you can find our top 50 albums of the year. Enjoy. I'm your host. That was, that was great. Right? Right? <laughs> yeah? Yeah? We sponsor ourselves, so here we are. Um, I'm I'm Will Brost, your host, uh, calling in from St. Louis, and joining me from an undisclosed location in the, uh, let's see, in the Northern Hemisphere is Patrick Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to keep getting more and more abstract. More, more and more broad. You could be in... Yeah. Uh, you could be in uh, Algeria. You could be in uh, Thailand. I think is yep. Northern Hemisphere. Um, I could be at the North Pole. Yeah, it could be. That's right. You you could be in California for all we know. But but who knows? You're somewhere well, on the probably north. not there. Yeah, probably <laughs> probably not there. Um, t- this is a fun one. We haven't done a list like this since we first started this podcast. For whatever reason, yeah. we haven't done this since 2015. Um, it's our it's our songs of the year, our top ten songs of the year. Um, and what was a great year of music, it was hard to narrow down to just ten. Um, each of us will have our own top ten list, uh, and we'll have some honorable mentions as well. It's as simple as that. We're going to rank our favorite songs of the year, give you some reasons why you should listen to them, or if you have listened to them, why we thought they deserved some praise. Um, yeah, anything you wanted to mention before we get started here that's uh yeah that's pretty much it yeah go check out our uh list we just started doing our list so we'll gave the the plug yes we're we're doing 50 through 31 right uh or we have 50 through 31 published we're working on 30 through 11 and then when the top 10 comes out that'll be it that'll be it and we'll give you a playlist to listen to of all of our choices so stay tuned we should have a playlist of this a list of top songs as well separately yes so keep an eye on our on our facebook page for that um yeah we're excited we loved uh we love uh listmas i guess is what people call this time of year love all the lists love reading lists making lists it's fantastic the listmas like word always makes me think of litmus paper (laughs) yeah do these songs pass the listmas test we'll see (laughs) we'll see um yeah Let's uh let's get started. Let's uh go into some of our honorable mentions. Uh did you want to list yours off first or should I go first or uh those are our two yeah. options. Okay. You could, yeah, right. Yeah, like, <laughs> Don't know why I put it or yeah. it's like do you want to go first or do I want to go first or I'm like well there's no or after that. It's one of us <laughs> has to go. Not want to do <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that's our 3 minute podcast which is essentially a plug of our albums list. Okay, yeah, I'll uh I'll go first here. All right, my honorable mentions. Um, uh, my number 15, uh, Rolo Tomasi with Aftermath. Um, they're a British experimental rock, like post-hardcore metal band. Um, Aftermath is a-, a testament to their ability to make like heavier music, but in a way that sounds melodic as well. Um, my number 14 is Lemon Glow by Beach House. Uh, they're a dream pop duo. Now, the thing is, I'm not even sure Lemon Glow is the best song on their new album, Seven. Um, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But it earns a spot for not only just being a spectacular song, but one that reinvigorated my love for one of my favorite bands during my college years. Um, bonus points to them for bringing like new sounds to the table by their standards. 
Uh, number 13 is Idols with Danny Nadelko. Uh, Idols, mm. they're an English punk band. Uh, this song, Danny Nadelko, is a, it's an energetic pro-immigration song uh, with a catchy, insightful chorus. Uh, I love the artwork on the single. Uh, it says, Rome wasn't built in a day, nor solely by the Romans. I thought that was a good line. Uh, number 12, Father John Misty, with the self-titled from his album, God's Favorite Customer. Um, he's an indie singer-songwriter who released Patrick's favorite album of last year. Uh, yes. Yeah, pure comedy. Um, God's Favorite Customer, the song, uh, it's a beautiful like ballad about his thoughts on religion and his relationship with God. It's actually pretty endearing. Um, it features this wonderfully gorgeous uh, contribution from Wise Blood as well. And to round out my honorable mentions, my number 11, Caro Caro Benito with Sometimes. Um, nice. They're a London-based like uh, indie pop band, I guess. Uh, it, it's just the most wholesome song of the year. Uh, if you can find a song more wholesome than this, please let me know. Uh, just always puts a smile on my face, turns my day around, all of that fun stuff. It, I just I had to mention it. Um, so yeah, those are my, my honorables. Nice. Yeah, thank you. I like those. This year has been like crazy with good music, good songs, so this was a tough one to make. Absolutely. Um, and there's more honorable mentions to those honorable mentions if we want to get into that later, but man, yeah, what a yeah, great yeah. year. Yeah, so uh, also making this list for me um, was difficult, and what I ended up doing was basically picking the like one song per artist, so oh, I don't okay. have any repeats on my on my list um just to just to make it easier for me okay i like that. um which you know didn't really like uh didn't really uh compromise too much of the list so not okay. a big deal sounds good um 15 for me is stop trying to be god mm. by travis scott um like probably the most creative song i've heard travis scott make the music video is amazing to it. The whole style that he did on Astroworld is, I think, perfected on this song. Um, I liked it right away at first, and it's been like the one of the this that and Sicko Mode, but this one especially has been like the one that's stayed with me since then. Um, my number fourteen is God's Favorite Customer <laughs> by Father John Misty. Uh, just like you said, it's a super endearing song, great ballad. Um, one of the most beautiful like features from Wise Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a great lyricism, well written song. Always love Father John Misty. Um, Thirteen is uh, Eve Toomer. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Like I that's think. how you pronounce it. Yeah, I I think so. If, yeah, if anybody wants to correct me, then go feel free. Uh, Lifetime. Mm. Uh, very experimental record, um, experimental song, but this one's probably one of the more ex- accessible songs on it. And there's so much chaos going on in this, but a lot of endearing emotion and uh, beautiful moments of, of peace and everything on this song. It's one of the most interesting um, songs that I've heard this year. Um, and one of the most interesting records also. Uh, next one is Lemon Glow by Beach mm. House. We have a couple of repeats, or a couple of the same things me and you do. Yeah, um, yeah. Beach House came out with some really, really stellar stuff this year. 
So, I mean, this thing is psychedelic and peaceful and innovative in a way that also feels very subtle. Um, great stuff from them. Catchy song also. And my last honorable mention, number 11, is Mitski with Nobody. Nice. Um, Nobody's like her, her lead single from her uh, album this year, um, uh, oh shoot! Be the cowboy. The name. Be the cowboy. I wanted to say being the cowboy, and I was like, "Wait, that's not right." <laughs> um, from be the cowboy, it's like a it, it's a departure in style for her. Very kind of like disco-y sounding almost, but there's a lot of the same elements of loneliness and despair and things like that on it. But it, her voice is beautiful. The production is amazing. I love the juxtaposition of style. Great job, Mitski. Nice. I, I love those choices. Especially love the uh, the Mitski and the Eve Tumor choices. Those were. I'm glad those were uh, recognized on this list. So yeah, so much good music. This year. Seriously, a ton. Um, I guess I'll I'll start with our top ten. Um, I will yeah, say you go and then I'll go and then you go. Yeah. Trip. No, I'll just I'll do my entire top ten. I'll just, <laughs> <laughs> you just go grab a drink or something. Um, I'll leave now. <laughs> I will say uh, just a quick pre- uh, precursor to my list. Um, this is not necessarily indicative of my albums list. Um, right. You know, one or two good songs does not an album make. And then also, I did not use your um, one song per artist. Uh, I did not utilize that. Um, as we'll find out on my number ten, Idols with Colossus nice yep so congratulations to them for being mentioned twice in the first 10 minutes of this podcast um it's an album intro so colossus introduces the listener to some of the themes explored throughout the album uh this one touches on uh like toxic masculinity uh self-harm homophobia and there's a lyric or two about bulimia as well like conceptually like all of these concepts it makes for quite the opener uh lyrically musically colossus is like it's attention grabbing um the first four minutes or so are like a steady ominous build that you know i have a hard time comparing it to anything else i've heard recently i mean i kind of wanted to compare it to swans but it's not quite that tense but Mm -hmm. it is but it is very eerie and ominous um the instrumentation it like progressively gains intensity the vocals gradually become more uh, like violent. Uh, it's it's really exhilarating, and then after all that build, the music stops, but only for a moment, and then you're just slapped in the face with the last minute and a half, which is like this rage-filled punk slobber knocker, you know, bar punk song. Uh, it just this song has so much energy and like different types of energy throughout the five minutes here. Um, I guess I'll just end with I you know I appreciate idols for making post-punk music that's like it's fun as hell but it also addresses topics that I don't always associate with music as rugged and tough as the music they're making like they're making this strong like <clears throat> like that kind of music but yeah. it's about it's about you know more sensitive topics and and I I really appreciate that and uh yeah shout out yeah, to idols a- there's a cool juxtaposition with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly, and it's kind of flipping that like stereotype of that style of music on its head. Like it's some of the most masculine 
you know, or I guess stereotypically masculine sounding music you'll hear, but then the music or the lyricism is like, it opposes all of that. So yeah, it's, it's really fantastic. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's my number 10. Nice. That's a good pick. Yeah. The only reason I didn't do two of the same artists, honestly, was just because I wanted to get as many artists included as I could, because there's, that's how much like good songs I felt like there was this year. That's a, that's so. a good, that's a good way to consider that's yeah but i, I kind no of like that. i've also felt like ooh, maybe i should but i don't know well anyway i'll, I'll move on to mine mm-hmm. um yeah nice i like that pick though thank you my uh number 10 is from an artist that i've loved and you've loved i'm uh for a while now um you actually introduced me to him which is great ooh, i love this and um this is one of the most expansive songs that I've heard come out from him. One of the most beautiful songs I've heard come out from him. It's Space Traveler's Lullaby Mm. by Kamasi Washington. And this album itself is like, it's similar to the epic with the expansiveness. And, you know, he's always had that. But there's a difference to this. And it kicks off, my favorite part of this album kicks off with Space Space Traveler's Lullaby, which is my favorite song on the album. And this part is has because the album's called Heaven and Earth. The first part is about Earth, and the second part is about Heaven. And the conceptualness of this part of the album is my favorite. It's it's floaty and airy and cosmic sounding and intense and grand, but it's also like very subtle and very beautiful. And this track captures all of that like it, it's like a little bubble of it just encapsulating all of those thematics um and kamasi washington just nails it the picture he paints is absolutely magnificent mm. and it's it's a long track i mean it's a long jazz track it's so it it feels differently than listening to like a 13 minute long rock song but there's you know different parts to it there's the all these different thematics that come crashing in throughout there's a motif that plays throughout the the whole the whole song and choirs and sax and everything it comes together in this way that's like that's beautiful um it's exhilarating it, and it's and it's it gives this big grand p- cosmic perspective on music and culture as a whole Kamasi is just like amazing. He's, he's just so like good. he's just like a hundred percent approval rating so far, and um, yeah, this this is one of the best tracks I've heard all year. I'm super happy with this album and uh, and with this song. So yeah, I'm just I'll just I'll just end it on that. I'm great job, Kamasi Washington. Love I love that pick. Uh, great album. Uh, I, I have a hard time kind of uh, like picking apart which songs of that album are like my favorite because most of them are like these long jazz you know and and to me each one is just as good as the other for the most part but i love that there's some kamasi representation on on this podcast so i feel like this one especially stands out this and like fists of fury stand out because they they kick off both the conceptual sides of it so absolutely i agree with that um Nice pick. Uh, nice. My number nine is a much shorter song. Uh, Kids See Ghosts with Free Ghost Town nice. Part 2. Um, the first, you know, the first Ghost Town on uh, Yay 
yeah it's a it's a <laughs> it's a, you know it's it's a good enough song uh if mostly because of the uh the 070 shake feature or 070 shake i mean she uh-huh. killed that she was the takeaway from that song to me um the rest of the song was all right to me uh ghost town part two free on the other hand it's incredible the entire time um as the title hello oh, oh, oh. sorry sorry <laughs> is that your timer yeah <laughs> i love it i love it <laughs> hey way to stick to your time though uh, i appreciate it um yeah serious <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah as as the song's title implies uh this is a song about feeling free and about feeling reborn uh which is a feeling that kind of permeates throughout the whole record um for the you know this is the second consecutive pick on my list that's centered around this kind of raw visceral energy this sort of catharticism is that a catharticism? Oh. Well, it's I, I get what you mean by that. Yeah, like the way they yell, I feel free, is so cathartic. Um, yeah. Kanye sounds great. Kid Cudi sounds great. And the guest vocalists, I think, really kind of tie things up with some nice melody here and there. Uh, Ty Dolla Sign and Anthony Hamilton. However, that's all great. The big takeaway here for me is the instrumentation. Um, this is a, like, bombastic psychedelic rock rap instrumental uh with like heavy guitars and you know just a ton of color behind it i love the the synthesizer that comes in toward the end um this song i mean i love this song and it's it's obvious why when you listen to it 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 kind of places high because i think that this is what the future of hip-hop could sound like in my eyes like i i foresee a a path of hip-hop that like eventually becomes more like this i think this could be the future um and if and if i'm right on that then i'm all for it because this song's fantastic great album as well but this was the clear standout for me nice and yeah there we go kids i like ghosts. that yeah i like that pick a lot it's an innovative freaking song yeah it's it's freaking it, it, kid cuddy made my top 10 this is how wild this year has been i, mean, I know that's ridiculous yeah, right it, it's it, it is ridiculous nice all right move on to mine now uh my number nine comes from a, a metal group Ooh. and one of the most talked about metal groups of this year and then previous years too they've been they've been all over the place um, this is a another 12 minute plus long song a very expansive three different thematics moving in and out of it uh, canary yellow yes. by deaf heaven yes this is um, just like a three-part opus um, starting off with some very post-rock sort of like explosions in the sky beautiful guitar work um, and and you know lilting in in and out and drawing the listener in and then it explodes all of a sudden into a very heavy very visceral um, metal tinged part of the song um, which is the majority of what it is and this song is is existential it's it talks about depression it talks about mortality it's all very common thematics, which I love about metal. Um, but the important thing about this song, what makes it so good and such a standout track, is how well they weave in the instrumentation and how well how distinct each part of this song feels. 
Because the first part, you end up at a an absolutely different part by the end of the song than you started out with. Because the first part is a really gorgeous, um, indie almost sounding, like post-rock kind of indie mogwai kind of sounding mm. thing. Um, you move into these very heavy visceral uh, guitar work and screaming and things like that. And then at the end, you get into this this chorus. Um, and it's like it's supposed to be kind of like a crowd sung chorus thing. Um, but it's it, it, this track alone feels like an experience. And it's within the context of an entire album. So, it's an exhilarating, it's an exhausting experiment or experience. Um, they did such a great job with crafting this song. I think it's 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 very very well done. Well, experience and experiment. Your miss your misspeak there actually did make sense. Um, I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I love that pick. It wasn't like my favorite metal album this year but that and uh honeycomb i thought were like fantastic yeah honeycomb is is great too yeah yeah no i love that pick dev heaven kind of like kamasi washington uh, you know they got a lot of acclaim and hype but then just year year endless came around and you know you don't see a lot of them yeah that is yeah, true it's kind of kind of odd but um my number eight see plenty of this artist on year endless this year um this is probably the uh, the song of the summer, um, if you if you will, uh, snail mail, heat wave. Um, nice. So very few indie up and comers had more buzz this year than snail. If any, I, I'm not sure anyone had more buzz than snail mail. Uh, who's the solo project of Lindsay Jordan? Uh, she's only 19 years old, and she's making like again like some of the best songs of the year um she has incredible potential that's demonstrated here um it, it, heat wave is a you know it's a youthful song it addresses the like the complicated risky feelings associated with true love um and not only that but coming to accept that it's worth chasing true love even if that leaves less time for yourself um she's seeking like a, a deep romance on this song um, musically speaking, um, it's it's as sunbaked as the title Heat Wave might suggest. Uh, it's mm. it's very warm. The guitars are very like uh, sunny and melty. Uh, her voice has kind of this hint of weariness to it, as if it's like the dog days of summer. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just a it's a lovely summer song, full of like youthful exuberance. Um, you know, I don't have a ton to say about this song, but it's just, it's a fantastic hit. Uh, I mentioned this on my, well, spoilers, I mentioned this on my top 50 albums list. Um, but while I enjoy some of the songs on Lush, you know, a, a few songs stand out. I think she has a ton of potential. I foresee her making my songs and albums lists like from now until the next like five years from now she she really does have some potential so i agree yeah, I, was, I, I was kind of like uh at the beginning of the year like i wonder if she's like kind of a flash in the pan person mm -hmm. but she definitely like more and more as i listened to that album i was like her songwriting and her delivery is like it's really excellent mm -hmm. absolutely yeah yeah it's it's that's what it is it's more so the execution that i find really impressive the ideas yeah. you know it's it's not the most original sound but 
I mean, it's well, it's tough to it's tough to make a distinct sound with something like that that doesn't uh, is not an original style. Right. It is. It is yeah. indie rock singer songwriter. But um. But yeah. It, it's uh, nice. Yeah. Right. Go snail mail. Woohoo. Nice. I like that pick. Um. All right. Move on to my next pick. My number eight, which is one of the most surprising artists. This that um came out this year just because i'd never heard of them before Hmm. and it was early on in the year this is this was this listen was mostly just because the ridiculously high metacritic that they've got um and i think that was mostly because there was they were only reviewed by a couple of publications but even so they put out some of the most stellar work that i've heard this year and one of the best songs of the year, and that's Aftermath yes. by Tomasi. It's not reinventing anything, but the way that they expand on their sound throughout this whole song and the way that they do their chorus work is really, really phenomenal. It's it's just a huge sound with not... It doesn't feel like it's that much effort. Like, they just bring out everything they possibly can out of all of the instruments that they're using and the vocals. And it's, they do such a cathartic um, experience through this song. Um, There's a lot of sweeping like synth work that happens in the background. The important part is just the really, really raw guitar work that kind of like drives everything through this and then just the excellent drumming as well in the background is very mathematical and um, precise. Um, yeah, the singing is well done. It's just, it's not like, it's, it's kind of like what you said with snail mail. There's not anything that's like um, super original about it, but the way that they deliver this is phenomenal. It's catchy and it's like, and it's very, very cathartic. So I've, I've been liking it ever since I first heard it. Love it. Obviously, one of my honorable mentions. And I know you like adore this album as a whole, probably one of your favorites of the year. So yeah, we'll um, see. Yeah, I guess, that's right. That's right. I guess we'll find out on underthescopesite.wordpress.com. I guess we'll find out. Um, right. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's a, a great pick. Um, let's see, where are we? My number seven. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. This is a slight step up in terms of, like, tears. Um, so, yeah, number seven. Um, there's a there's a Malcolm Gladwell podcast that I enjoy quite a bit called Revisionist History. I like this start. Okay, yeah, to clarify, the podcast is not my number seven song of the year. It does slap, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah, it, it doesn't, you know. It doesn't have enough melody to it. Uh, good podcast, though. Um, one episode of this podcast uh, explores Leonard Cohen's song Hallelujah and how that song didn't really reach its full potential, in, in his opinion, until it was covered by Jeff Buckley like years after its original release. Mm-hmm. And the podcast episode as a whole suggests that genius can take time and that original versions of like artistic works might have some genius in them that's waiting to be unlocked. There's some hard-to-see genius in there that later on down the road someone might uh, discover. So this is kind of how I feel about my number seven, which is 
Beach Life and Death by Car Seat Headrest. Um, the 2018 version, it, it's a reimagining of the same band's 2011 version uh, of the same name. Uh, so I went back and I listened to the original song. It's, it's too lo-fi for me. Um, as we like to say on this podcast, there's not enough fi's in it. It's, it is so muddy. It, I like some lo-fi music, but the, the better produced 2018 version of Beach, Life, and Death, it unlocks, I think, a lot of the potential from the original. Um, it's mm. this 13-minute, like, uh, like Bohemian Rhapsody-esque epic that's structured in three different parts, kind of like your, your Deaf Heaven choice in a way. Um, it has this energetic opening, it has a breakdown, and then a climax at the end. The whole thing's great, but I particularly love the first four minutes where, like, uh, where Will Toledo, the band, uh, the band leader, he's singing about his, uh, like, his sexuality and his mental health um, in a very, like, relatable way, like a very honest way. Uh, I like, there's one particular lyric he mentions, uh, like, when he came out to his friends, he pretended he was drunk because the reception might not have been what he expected. Um this section of the song, it also contains some of 2018's most, like, <laughs> the theme of my list, say it with me, cathartic musical moments. Yeah. Um, there's parts where he's just yelling, like, uh, where he says, do you have something against dogs, or I don't want to go insane. It's just, like, impossible uh-huh. not to yell that with them, or at least feel something in yourself when he's yelling it. I saw them live uh, fairly recently. But he didn't play this song, and uh, or they didn't, I suppose. I, I would love to hear it performed at like a festival or something. So yeah, Beach Life and Death. It's a great song if you're willing to dedicate like 13 minutes of your time to it. Um, it, it the I'm rarely in the mood to hear all 13 minutes, but I'll throw it on and I'll let it go as long as I want it to, and then move on to the next song. But it I never skip it when it does pop up on shuffle. So there you go. Nice. Yeah, I like I like that beginning to that too. That was a good that was a good way to to segue into that. Well, thank you. Pick. Thank you. Nice. Um, my number seven is some. It, it's probably one of the most growing songs that's that's come this year to me on one of the biggest grower albums probably mm-hmm. of this year. Okay. Um, it's from Blood Orange, yes. and the song is Charcoal Baby. Yes, This whole album has very stellar production. Um, really, yeah, just really, really... I mean, I expected it, because Blood Orange is very, very good at aesthetics and just and, and production. And um, But this song in particular has so much emotion behind it, and a lot... I mean, it's got a lot of really cool, like, funky moments are also but the real emotion core or emotional core to this song is really what keeps bringing me back to it over and over and over again this it's it's a song that's about love is about race it's about accepting who you are um but it's it's done in this way production wise that just feels more distinct than anything else on the album, and one of the most distinct songs of the year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that that Dev Hines is able to express himself with this song is um, incredibly himself, 
and it's inc- and, it, and it's incredibly uh, innovative in terms of R and B sound as well. Um, I wasn't like super impressed by this album overall at first. I really like it a lot now, um, and part of what made me really like it is because of this song, because of just how striking this song is. Um, yeah, that's. Love. Uh, that's that's pretty much what I had, all I have to say about it. But this one's been great. It might be one of my favorite. Like it might be my favorite Blood Orange song. It's I love, fantastic. love that choice. Love that choice. Um, yeah. My favorite song of his is probably Augustine. But um, yeah, that's. I mean, he's got all, he's got a bunch of great stuff. Yeah, Charcoal Baby almost made almost made my list. I, I'm glad it made yours because Blood Orange really, in my opinion, put out a great album and deserves mm-hmm. to be recognized. Um, great God, great! Tra- I almost like your list more than I like my list, um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not how this works, I guess. Um, We're just gonna trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You okay? Well, your number six then is uh, Miki Dora by Amen Dunes. Um, nice. Amen Dunes. Thank you, thank you. I mean, it, talk about uh, just a you know a hard to describe style of music. Uh, he's this. Or I guess they. It's one of those where I like the gorillas, where you don't know if it's they or him. Or yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm calling it an, an indie rock experimental rock uh, outfit or project formed by Damon McMahon. Um, the song Miki Dora is about the perspective of Miki Dora, who was a famous surfer and financial criminal, uh, I guess a few decades ago. Um, you know, I, I have some opinions on this song, but I, I really like what Damon McMahon said about this song. He said, um, Miki Dora was a living contradiction, both a symbol of free living and inspiration and of the false heroics American culture has always celebrated. With lyrics of regret and redemption at the end of one's youth, the song is about Dora and myself, but ultimately it's a reflection on all manifestations of mythical heroic maleness and its illusions. Um, so I, I really liked how he put that. Dang. Yeah, right? Uh, musically, I mean, this is just such a fascinating song. It begins with this bass groove, excuse me, and over the course of five minutes, uh, the bass line gets not only groovier, but punchier, too. Um, extra instrumentation eventually like gets added to the mix in order to fully flesh out the song. And by the end, it's it's a jam, like I'm moving to it. Um, so the instrumentation is it's superb on this song. I think my favorite aspect of this song and of this Amen Dunes album, Freedom in general, is his voice. Um, his voice, it's I mean it's beautiful, but it's also like haunting and emotive and full of vibrato, so much vibrato, but it works. Um, I, I really don't know how else to like describe what I'm listening to here. Um, but I would I would just encourage everyone to listen to this song uh, when we put our playlist out. It, it's it's really good. Yeah. There's a couple other songs on this album that could have made this list as well, like Believe or uh, Blue Rose, but this was the one for me. It's right in the center of the album, too. Great centerpiece. Nice. Yeah, I'm glad you picked that one, too, because that was one that I that didn't... It's not on my list, but it's... Yeah, that's something that I definitely would have recommended, too. Love it. So, okay, this next one is the first 
re- or, or repeat that we both have. Oh, okay. On our on our actual top ten, and it's Beach Life and Death. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I this. I mean, what I lo- I like everything that you said about that. This song, it's like you said, it's this is this might be the most cathartic song that I have on my list. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, uh, like all the lyrics on here are just so well constructed in a way that's like, it's it's very they're very very honest. They're extremely honest. I mean, he just talks about like you said how he came out to his friends over a Skype call, and and then like was like, oh ha ha, I'm drunk, or like, you know, he's talking very honestly and candidly about his depression and how. Um, you know, just how like it's not the feeling of sadness; it's the feeling of nothing. And it the way that he, the way that Will Toledo writes is some of my favorite songwriting. I think I've seen in a long time, and it's been growing on me since we first did our uh, Teens of uh, Denial mm, okay. podcast. It's been growing on me more and more, but now I think I'm like I'm like sold on on car seat headrest 100. Yes. Um, one of the biggest things I wanted to point out also on this is the what should I do? Eat breakfast? What should I do? Eat lunch? Why should I, the, that whole thing? Mm-hmm. That that part of this song where he's asking these questions and. Um, he's not getting any answers that are actually helpful from people. He's really like, like, it's like he's reaching out. He's trying to like understand what's going on with him, why he feels so depressed, why he's so like weirdly obsessed with these stupid things or just like, you know, like why he feels inadequate or whatever. And he's just getting all these generic responses. (laughs) And it's like kind of a, a reflection of like, okay, well you wonder why or where this depression comes from. Um, and I think that's a very relatable and a very honest um, expression. And I think it's one of the coolest, coolest moments on the on the track. Um, but yeah, overall, all three parts. Damn, this is a kind of a little bit of a rock masterpiece. Love, yeah, love what you said about it. Um, I'm glad it made your list. Uh, I like the part in the, I guess, the breakdown portion of the song where. The lyrics are something to the extent of, uh, you know, we hate humans, but we also want to be human at the same mm-hmm. time. So it it, 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 the whole track is like his mind kind of fighting against itself in in some ways. It's um, really it's really a brilliant um, expression of like the paradox of what depression and like suicidal ideation is. Mm. You know, like he he expresses all this fear of dying, but he feels like he wants to, and it's like. He does it. He does it in one of the most honest ways that I've ever seen somebody do it. So nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Teens of Denial was my 2016 album of the year. We'll see where yeah. uh, this Twin Fantasy rework places on this list, if at all. Yeah, maybe it won't. It might not. Maybe I just liked Beach Life and Death, and the rest is trash. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're at our top five. We are at our top five, Patrick. Top five. Top Dang. five. How are we doing on time, by the way? We are uh, like forty minutes in, so we are we're, we're, we're making good. good pace. Yeah, we're we're doing as 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 hoped. Um, my number five is a song that doesn't need much explanation as to why I love it or why anyone loves it. It's one of the most immediate songs I think of the year. 
Um, another intro track. I, I've had plenty of intros on this uh, on this list here, and a couple more to come. Push a T. If you know, you know. Um, mm. There's no one better at rapping about cocaine than Pusha T. I mean, that's there's no debate. Uh, over the course of his career, like he's rapped about cocaine and his drug-filled lifestyle through a, a kind of code or like some sort of language that a regular person might not understand. Um, this song addresses that code. It's sort of like meta in a way. Um, he's suggesting that like if you understand what he's saying in his songs, if you understand his code, you understand his lifestyle because you're probably living that lifestyle in some, uh, to some extent. Um, I'm not a cocaine dealer, so I'm thankful for genius to help me kind of understand what some of these lyrics mean. Uh, whether he's talking about like using tennis balls for unintended purposes or whether he's hinging his car doors awkwardly uh, to provide some sort of signal, it's all relatable to the people who have lived his experience. Um, it, it's kind of a, a weird meta take on rap lyricism in a way. Uh, his flow is top notch. His lyricism is great. That's all to be expected. He, uh, this beat, though. <laughs> yeah. This this beat that Pusha T always raps over great production, but it's usually like more subdued and nocturnal. Maybe some yeah, Neptune's minimal. production. Yeah, minimal, especially with his solo career. Um, this time, he. You know, he wraps this great opening verse over what's mostly like a drum pattern keeping time. Like, it's basically a metronome. There's, It's very bare bones. It's like, oh, okay, I kind of expect this. But then, after the first verse, the beat comes in and like, holy shit, it's one of the most bombastic turn-up-your-car-volume beats I've heard in a long time. It just, it absolutely pops. Uh, and I believe it's courtesy of Kanye West. I believe so. Yes. Um, the the appeal of this song you know it's obvious i don't have to spend a lot of time selling this song to you but you know i'm sure everyone's heard this one by now it's probably the most popular song on my list but uh but wow i mean it it just had to make it and uh number five seemed like the correct spot for it nice yeah i like that pick if you know you know push it yeah that's a bad one of the most badass songs <laughs> i thought you said that's a bad song. song that's a bad <laughs> choice man <laughs> it is badass i mean it's yeah god fantastic damn yeah push it t he can deliver it like nobody else can yeah and then after that drake decided to diss him anyway but that was for another yeah. podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right nice uh, my number five is in a very different direction. <laughs> Love uh, it. This is this is a very very sad sad song from a very very sad album, and it's a follow up album to another sad album that came out in 2016. A crow looked at me, mm. which made my top uh, five albums of the year, and this is now only the title track mm. from Mount Erie um, this year. So, yeah, a little bit of perspective. In case you don't know, this this A Crow Looked at Me came out in 2016, and it was this album that was released pretty soon after the death of Phil Elfram, the lead guy, I guess the mastermind behind Mount Erie. Um, and his, his wife had passed away from cancer, 
he wrote this album about it it's devastating it's gorgeous it's very very tough to listen to um but it's really important and this album i feel very similarly to and this title track is it's probably my favorite from both of these albums Hmm. because he has this this chorus in here which has a very sing-songy nature to it um and the chorus is people get cancer and die people get hit by trucks and die people just living their lives get erased for no reason with the rest of us watching from the side i was like like (laughs) fucking unsettling very very real very honest lyrics and coming from a place empathetically looking at it is really devastating to view Um, the whole rest of the song is about his time that he spent at this music festival basically they flew him in to play all the he says they uh they uh, at a music festival they have paid to fly me in to play these death songs to a bunch of young people on drugs which is one of the most like again devastating lines and lyrics i've heard it's just like the emptiness of that sentence is crushing and he talks just about how he's you know very honestly about how absurd he felt being alive um why it was just like why was he here what's the what's the point of do him being at this festival he feels terrible about it um anyway it's a devastating song it's like it's hard to recommend to listen to again like the same thing with a crow looked at me because it's not supposed to be enjoyable it's not it's nothing for you to look at and get anything like wow that was a great song this is like really heavy hard stuff that somebody is actually dealing with but i think it's really important i think the way that he did it juxtaposing that chorus in there mm-hmm. is heartbreaking and also like a really great artistic move um so yeah it's that uh, it top five right there there you go nice and yeah. and to that you know I, I like the juxtaposition of the chorus as well because melody isn't something you tend to get on uh his last couple projects this isn't yeah. like i don't know like elliot smith or sufjan stevens where it's like oh it's really sad but there's also like a nice melody to it his is like mount Erie's music is very like desolate and like despondent and just matter of fact yeah, and it's very and it's very just talking kind of thing too yeah it's like watching or listening to him grieve like over sparse instrumentation it's it's really it's a weird experience to listen to honestly yeah but, but yeah, yeah very emotional as well yeah so yeah that's fine a little bit of a different feeling but that's what it is right. hey well that's no that's that's all right there are yeah. no rules to this list it's a it's a good song um my number four is a is a repeat artist of myself um nice hope you're not done talking about cart seat headrest because uh Uh-oh. bodies number four um nice i mean this is this is another it's it's a really fun danceable song but i, I think my big takeaway here is the song structure um it's so interestingly constructed there's there's like a part early in the song where will toledo he jokingly asks like is it the chorus yet and 
the response is like, no, it's not the chorus. It's just a building of the verse. Uh, when the chorus does come, it's going to be more rewarding. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's kind of classic car seat headrest humor there. But that's kind of the thing is there's, there is no chorus as much as there are like three or four different choruses on this song. Um, the, the verses all sound independent of each other as well. So I went to Genius again. Um, and here's how they laid out the song structure. Verse 1 break verse two pre-chorus one chorus one which is different than the break verse three refrain which is apparently different than chorus one and break verse four bridge chorus two chorus one verse five pre-chorus two chorus three chorus four outro like what the hell is that <laughs> not even, it makes sense yeah i'm like i'm not even <laughs> sure what that is it's it's seven minutes of like of excitement one because just the music in itself is very exciting but two you don't know where the hell the song is going to go next um and i love how the the final choruses of this song tie in moments from the previous choruses and verses uh they end up having this like four-part harmony i guess maybe a harmony but it's more just four different lyric leads placed on top of each other um, it's really interesting, but you know, aside from all of the the song structure talk, it bodies is a it's a fun, youthful song about uh, about love and relationships and sex, uh, dancing. Um, we've kind of talked about the songwriting, but I'm with you. Like car seat headrest makes some of the most or, or makes some of the most it has some of the most interesting songwriting out there right now. Yeah, uh, they bring like an innovative approach to this whole like lo-fi bedroom rock band camp sound or whatever um yeah bodies is like a it's a perfect example of that so yeah number four nice. bodies nice yeah carsey made my list twice wonder if it makes my uh, my albums list we'll see maybe i only liked those two songs and then uh the rest of them i uh those I are like. yeah it's all just like ooh, no who cares about that and ultimately car seat headrest is the reason why i didn't employ your rule because i couldn't make a top 10 without either bodies or beach life and death in it so i just I like that yeah, yeah that makes sense yeah. yeah i couldn't not do it so there you go nice okay all right let's move on to my number four um which is an artist that you have in your top 10 oh. but not the same song oh. <laughs> <laughs> it comes from idols and this is never fight a man with yes. a perm yes um yeah so this whole album pretty much deals with like toxic masculinity like you said um political like you know stating a lot of political stances on social injustice immigration uh, but i feel like the majority of what it has to deal with is uh, toxic masculinity and what that means um how the lead singer joe talbot right yeah, yeah joe talbot yeah. how he feels about it uh, this song is like the best example i think of it um, where basically the song is about him looking at this guy that is like a super jacked dude that has all the stereotype stereotypical like um, attributes of like a very you know macho masculine dude and like what that means for him mm. and basically you know it it feels like it could be something that's like 
annoying and like be like you know oh that guy thinks he's so cool just because he works out blah 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 but like it's actually really well done because the energy behind it is so intense Mm. and he and he like and the and what he's talking about is basically just like how he's sick of this this um this idea of what men have to be and it's so it goes deeper than just being like oh i don't like the guy that looks like that the the point of it is like what why don't what don't you like about it what is this whole like idea even about and they do a great job of like um with this super high energy super punky uh, background talking about what it actually what being a man even means um yeah so they it's just like it's one of the most intense songs that i've heard this year as far as energy goes they're just phenomenal with the way that their instrumentation and singing and everything um but it's also just like it's yeah it's really well done with the um how they wrote out the subject matter of it so and then i like at the end also he's like He's just talking about like, oh, I'll shut my mouth. Let's hug it out. So he's like, oh, I don't <laughs> want to fight this dude anymore because I don't want to get my ass kicked. Right. So there's kind of like some tongue in cheek humor involved in there too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fucking awesome. And maybe the best riff on the album too. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's my favorite. It's like, there's a lot of good yeah. instrumental moments on this, but this is like the way that it transitions from Colossus. Also, is just mm. like spectacular. Yeah, I, I really like the lyric. Uh, he says, you know, back when he's kind of talking shit to this guy, he says, uh, he says, uh, what is it? It's like you're a catalog, a plastic Sinatra. You're a try hard. You should have tried harder or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And this is kind of a weird thing to say because it's not a hip hop song, but he has really great like flow on this song. The way like the the, the yeah, rhythm of his point. vocals and how it matches the the riff underneath it like it it's very catchy the way he sings this but yeah that's a good point he's kind of like bouncing in and out of like the off beats on it really well right yeah it, it bouncy yeah that's a that's a word i'd use to describe that yeah um nice pick god nice pick uh i would have expected you to put colossus but i if you're doing the one per artist thing that's yeah i mean colossus is fantastic but this song has been like the this song has been the one Mm. i think yeah awesome awesome so my top three i battled at any point in making this list like each of these three could have been number one and were number one at Mm -hmm. some point then i kind of like i really sat down and i listened to these three songs a few times and i ultimately i got down to like okay, which one resonated with me the most personally? And that was kind of my ultimate, like, when I look back on 2018, I'm going to be like, oh, that's the year that song came out. That's ultimately how I decided things. So number three could have been number one. Uh, It's an artist you had in your honorable mentions, Mitski. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Yeah, right? With the song... (laughs) Wow, that was suggestive. Sorry. (laughs) Interesting. You all right? You okay over there, buddy? All right. You get some water. Um, Geyser. Nice. Yeah, another intro track. Yeah, love this song. Uh, So yeah, Mitski, she's an indie singer, songwriter, musician. Um, The most impressive thing about Geyser to me is how much it packs in such like a small package. Uh, It's less than two and a half minutes, but there's so many ideas in it. 
the song changes up every like 20 or 30 seconds or so and it never returns to a previous idea whereas like bodies at the end it kind of regurgitates all of these previous ideas into one chorus geyser changes to a new part of the song and never looks back um it begins with this like kind of quiet slightly eerie verse then she repeats this verse over like a faint piano and slight percussion in the background then after that some livelier instrumentation enters the picture and and Mitski starts singing a more brighter melody and then it shifts to like this like really powerful chorus um with like this intense full vibrant instrumentation um but not so full that you think that's the peak. There's still a suggestion that something bigger is still to come. And mm. boy, does it. Uh, the, the climax of this song, as brief as it is, is one of my favorite musical moments of the year. It's so bright, it's colorful, and it has the number one will requirement for any good song. It has horns. And nice, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> throw brass into the picture, and I'm going to love your song. Um, and Mitski sounds great vocally in this climax as well it's it's as if she sounds more confident as the song progresses uh which kind of might be the point it, it's called geyser right like so like maybe yeah. it's she's kind of bubbling you know progressively getting more powerful and then just burst at the end um mitski claims that like lyrically it's one of the one of the more vague songs on her new record and that this song is all it's all feeling it's all emotion and i agree with that it's like it's a small box of just emotion um mm -hmm. the way geyser can like like not only condense a unique song structure but in a way that's natural that that blows me away uh there's nothing really contrived about it uh i love the performances it's fun to sing along with um it's a uh, it's just a phenomenal intro to be the cowboy, uh, which received a ton of acclaim. Uh, recently named Pitchfork's album of the year. Um, I think Geyser actually it might be the the best composed song of the year, or maybe like the most well arranged. My top two choices just happen to resonate with me a little more. But yeah, shout out to Mitski, fantastic. Nice, I, I really like that pick. Love it. Love there's a there's a bunch of just great songs all over the place on that on that album but yeah that one is a is a is a home run for sure mm -hmm. um yeah so i i would agree with you saying that like my top three also there's a lot of like switch back between being like this is like could be the song of the year this is just a phenomenal song mm -hmm. um yeah i'm happy with how how it worked out um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it was a tough one. This mm -hmm. was a tough one. Super tough. Um, okay. But number three comes as one of the most distinct, maybe the most distinct, um, song from one of the most distinct albums that I've heard all year. Um, and that is always trying to work it out by low. Oh yeah. Nice. From, uh, from double negative. Nice. Um, yeah, so this song is, um, labeled as, the genre is labeled as slowcore, <laughs> um, which I did not know was a thing until <laughs> then, until now, but it actually makes complete sense given the, like, instrumentation and context of this song. 
it's just it's it's very dragging and heavy and has a lot of gravity to it and the instrumentation is muffled and dense and sounds like it's about to like explode basically or like cut like break in half or you know like it like it's dying um vocally it's there's a lot of warped vocals that that kind of come in and out with this drum pattern that just slowly like goes like that but every time the drum comes in that's i mean it's a simple production technique but i think it's like one of my favorite like one of my favorite moments on uh and one of my favorite ideas in 2018 every time this drum comes in it just takes everything with it like the 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 vocals the every other ambient instrumentation that is around just kind of goes like like warps inside of itself and then comes back out Mm. and it's it's a simple idea but the way that they do the way that low does this makes it like freaky it's so weird um and it's uh and the the lyrics are very simple they're talking about like oh i saw this person at the grocery store but i didn't want to bother you blah 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 but then it gets into weirder shit like kind of like apocalyptic feeling lyrics afterwards which is like how do we even get up here so it's a strange track but it's like got this ridiculous amount of magic to it that is like it's it's exciting and it's just it's bizarre and but i i love it it's uh, amazing um yeah i like because outside of the fact that it's like the um the drums and the muffles and everything like coming together and like bringing it all down this would be just another weird like almost ariel pink esque <laughs> track but the way that they've added that in makes it like feel like this is a goddamn nightmare um so yeah but they yep they did an excellent job with it uh yeah there you go that's it nice nice you nailed it when you said distinct i mean there Mm -hmm. is i I can't think of any anyone else that sounds like low um such a such a strange song and and record but it's really it's really connected with like a lot of people yeah i mean yeah a lot of people love that album so yeah shout out to shout out to low um my number two is uh it's also experimental maybe not as experimental as low but experimental in its own right um and uh okay this is kind of where i put a disclaimer here uh this song was technically released toward the end of last year but i think it qualifies because it had its greatest impact in 2018 it was released on a 2018 album no one was really you know no one listened to this song really at the end of 2017 because this artist was still relatively unknown at the time and still is to an extent um jpeg mafia damn nice with a baby i'm bleeding um he's in he's an abstract uh experimental like rapper and producer from baltimore um baby i'm bleeding is the lead single and probably the only single and i put single in quotes this isn't gonna like make the radio or anything uh from his album veteran which i adore Uh, it's it's the it's the kind of song where you 
you know it, like it's either going to be one of your favorite hip-hop songs of the year or you'll turn it off after like 20 seconds because you're annoyed right um, it's it's abrasive it's unwelcoming the beat especially is irritating for some i enjoy it quite a bit but i could see why someone would be like turn this off um the beat it's primarily composed of this unrelenting persistent brief vocal loop it goes like it's very yeah odd um it lasts for nearly the entire song it's a very like glitchy and harsh vocal sample um i looked into this recently because i wanted to see you know what all's happening with this beat um there's another vocal sample and again i'm I'm gonna butcher this one too but it's like Oi! you know something like that and yeah. It, yeah, yeah that sample is it's the word only spoken in the movie uh batman versus superman dawn of justice there's a scene uh, where someone says only exactly like that like Oi! and he heard that and it's like fuck it i'm gonna put it in this beat and it was a great choice and I, I love when samples come out of nowhere like that. It's so fucking random. It's so random. That. I love that. I love songs that do that. Death, uh, Death Grips do that all the time, but I, I love reading into some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so this, this instrumental lasts for about a minute without any rapped vocals. And it's good that it's like a minute or so because it gives you enough time to think, like, how the hell can anyone rap over this? Um, but Peggy, JPEG Mafia, he does wonderfully, I think. Um, I think partially because he produced this song himself, so he understands his own strengths and his comfort zone and what he can and cannot accomplish. Um, this this song thematically doesn't have like a overarching theme to it. It's kind of like a stream of conscious collection of lyrics and thoughts that, you know, if you don't know who he is, you'll have a good idea of who he is by the end of the song. Uh, he's a rebellious sort. Uh <laughs> He, he hates people who bite his style. He really hates Trump. And uh, mm. he's never going to go blonde like Kanye. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a- abstract hip-hop is it's my favorite genre, um, partially because it, it pushes the line of what hip-hop can be. Uh, Danny Brown with Atrocity Exhibition in 2016. Uh, Quelly Chris in 2017 with his record. And now JPEG Mafia in 2018. Every year there's like a project that comes out that, you know, just when I think hip-hop has kind of reached its limit, I'm, I'm proven wrong. It, it can always go in a different direction. So shout out to JPEG Mafia, who was my best breakthrough artist of the year on our Scopey podcast. Uh, Baby, I'm Bleeding. The clear standout from this record, I think, but a, but yeah. a very good one at, at that. So there you I go. really like that. Thank you. That was yeah. That's a great, great pick. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I'm not cheating, nice. right? I mean, it was like December 2017, but like, you know. No. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. still including it in 2018, though. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So. Yeah. Right. Right. So. Because the album came out in 2018. Right. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Nice. Nice. All right, my uh, number two. Ding. This is this is crazy. Yeah. Number right. Two. Um, is something that's made your lists already. Nice, okay. But I decided that this is one of the best songs of the year. Nice. So, because right. it just has to be. And that is... Kidsy yes. Ghost. God damn. I mean, this album as a whole is just bizarre and fucking crazy. And 
amazing uh, instrumentation, but like this song encapsulates everything absolutely perfectly. There's so many different themes going on instrumentally with this. That's really the most impressive part of this is just how insane instrumentally this track is. It it like you said, it feels completely innovative uh, while also being very very accessible not mm. experimental at all but it this does not sound like hip-hop mm-hmm. as far as i know i mean like it, it is but like you said this could be a rock song this is this is uh, this is not traditional hip-hop and it's done very brilliantly super psychedelic um love the the idea of just being like this just this being an expression of freedom uh, from either, like depression anxiety what racism uh, other people's perceptions of you whatever like it's just it, it doesn't matter what it is you just feel good about yourself you feel free you feel like you can do anything um this is what i think this right here is what i think it sounds like to kanye when he's talking to donald trump putting on the maga hat i think this is what he hears in his head and if that's the case then like i kind of get why he feels like he should be doing that because it's just a beautiful beautiful song and it's inspirational um yeah they, I, it's just it's it's fantastic and one of my favorite musical moments of 2018 happens and the end when this uh, synthesizer comes in that sounds sort of like these muffled violins, mm-hmm. just kind of drops in really quickly all of a sudden, um, just a little cascading like moment. But it, it only happens like, well, like 10 seconds, I think. Not that long at all, but it's like one of the best ideas mm-hmm. that I've heard on a track all year. And it's it just ties everything together so well. It's like the cherry on so, top. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is, it's just, it's phenomenal. They did, I mean, shout out. Yeah. Did not expect Kids He Goes to, to, to be like this, but the, here we are. Yeah, I expected to like the Kanye solo project a lot more, but the reverse is yeah. true. I mean, for me at least. Um, and yeah, it's th- true by a significant amount, I would say, too. Right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and to your point um, that I agree with, there's been some controversy. It was nominated for, uh, like, rock best rock song at some award show and people were like this isn't right i'm like of course it is you you gotta look past the whole like it's by kanye west and kid cuddy thing like it is a rock yeah. song and many and you can't tell me it's not more deserving than like greta van fleet or whoever the other nominees are i mean yeah yeah like what are we doing here i, I love that it made your list a ton of good songs on there but uh yeah that's the the standout. clear standout i think yeah yeah so nice nice and uh yep. Great choice. And here we go. We're moving on yeah. to number one. Number one. Number one. And Damn. we got like we got like twenty minutes left, so we're making good time. Great time. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Maybe we can go through our number ones, take take a good amount of time if you want, and then uh, we can just briefly mention other songs if we want to. Love that. Yeah, because I have a couple just off the top of my head, like I almost considered for honorable mention, but but yeah. Yeah. Um, number one. The, the theme of my list has been cathartic, right? Um, right. This might be the, uh, the, the, most, the most cathartic, maybe. If, I mean, it's, it's up there. Um, nice, nice. It's, and the other theme of my list has been 
uh, album intros. And uh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. This one is both of them. Number one, the best song of 2018 is Parquet Courts with Total Football. Nice. I I oh man, nice pick. I like love that. Love it. I uh, you know this what and, and as I mentioned before, my Mitski piece. Uh, you know a bunch of things or a bunch of songs uh, had a consideration for my number one, but when I really thought it through, this is definitely my number one. Um, it, just some background. Like, I, I love Parquet Courts. I loved their last record, Human Performance. Uh, that was my only exposure to them at the time. Uh, they're they're a, a punk band, often called, like, art punk, um, or, like, yeah, like, indie punk, post-punk, you know, they get some of those labels. Um when I heard that Danger Mouse was producing their latest album, I was kind of like a little disappointed going into it. Uh, Danger Mouse has a tendency to make the music he touches sound like really safe, which is not mm-hmm. something I want in a punk record at all. Uh, I believe I mentioned this when we talked about this album, but Danger Mouse, I think he makes bad songs sound good, and I think he makes great songs sound good. Um, he's like mm, the great, I like that. He's like the great equalizer in some ways. Um, so I, I was surprised when I pressed play on Total Football, the album opener, and I got like a really raw, unfiltered greatness. Uh, we get this like this demanding bass line, a, a confident guitar lead that just captures your attention, and passionate as all hell vocals from Andrew Savage. Uh, the bridge especially, like it features this yelling and this, uh, this like invigorating guitar solo, and it's probably my favorite well it is my favorite bridge of the year um it it makes me want to like it it makes me want to punch something it really does it it just fills me with this sort of mm, this aggression uh and it it was fun as hell to hear at their concert which ended up being the only concert i think i saw this year um so that tells you something about how much i love this album and song um this song isn't just this unabashed cathartic raw energy it's it's also like very well reasoned and political as well. Uh, the term "total football" is a a well known soccer strategy, in which every player on a soccer team, except for the goalie, can play every every position on the field. So each member can kind of help each other out. It, it focuses on teamwork rather than like individual performance. Here, it, this isn't a song about soccer. It's it's the teamwork is among. Uh, like teachers and workers, authors, uh, like blue collar types, mm-hmm. uh, and the and the goal is to fight, you know, the powers that be, like to fight oppression. Um, it's a song that unites the common people uh, in order to rebel against the ultra powerful. Um, the outro, which I'll I'll briefly or I'll quickly read, it, it provides a good summation of this song's team centric thesis. Um, and and you know i'm going to read it andrew savage absolutely yells this outro he says swapping parts and roles is not acting but rather emancipation from expectation collectivism and autonomy are not mutually exclusive Uh, those who find discomfort in your goals of liberation will be issued no apology and fuck tom brady which is (laughs) just the perfect way to end a song yeah Uh, but that that whole section you know it's about you know, you can keep your individualism, but still work as a team to fight the fight that needs to be fought. Um, 
Right. It's this, it's, you know, ultimately the goal is liberation and we're not going to have it unless we work together, but you can do that without compromising your individualism as well. And I, you know, the fuck Tom Brady thing I thought was interesting because for a lot, I mean, a lot of people hate Tom Brady, the guy, the person, but uh, Andrew Savage in, in an interview clarified that he doesn't hate Tom Brady, the person he hates uh, what he refers to as Tom Brady, the symbol. Um, he says, you know, uh, there's Tom Brady, the symbol, which is what I'm talking about. The lone wolf, the alpha male quarterback idea of traditional independent American masculinity that we're rejecting in this song. It's Tom Brady, the concept. Uh, every sport has their Tom Brady. Every civilization has their Tom Brady. Um, I, I like the way he put that. Uh, yeah, that's great. My, uh, my favorite songs combine... Uh, an enjoyable listening experience, which it has, emotion, which it has plenty of, and a powerful, well-thought-out message, which it clearly has. Um, Total Football, it possesses all of these while also being, we're doing the top songs of 2018. This is a fantastic reflection of 2018's political climate and, and rage that comes along with it. It's, I think it's the best song of the year. Total football parquet courts. That was great. That was a that was a really good explanation for that. I really like that um, that like a- explanation of the fuck Tom Brady line too. Yeah, because I was I, like, I didn't I didn't know he that's what he was talking about. Because it sounds so jarring. It, it's almost like a joke. But then like you read into yeah. it, and it's like Tom Brady. He represents a lot of things about America and what success means in America and the the kind of person maybe you should be. you have to be yeah right you have to be yeah. or what people think you should be but it, it's different than that and uh just to clarify parquet courts it's parquet p-a-r-q-u-e-t in case people want to look this up because i want people to look it up because it's it's a fantastic fucking song um but yeah i didn't want people to hear my number one type in parquet like p-a-r-k-a-y and they get nothing yeah, and then they're just like, <laughs> they're like well, well, yeah, well, done with this. So there you go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And there was this, you know, not to get too knee deep here, but when, you know, when Trump got elected, there was this big, like, will punk music be great again? And, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And with parquet courts and idols, I mean, it's, this yeah. was a great year for punk in many aspects. There's definitely a, uh, there's definitely a new, a new form of it coming out that I'm really liking right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, that's that's my number one. That's awesome. Nice. I like that a lot. Um, I'll, I'll I'll talk about my theme because I, I like the way that you did that. So my theme on this basically has been what are you making me feel? Hmm. Uh, hmm. I feel like that's my theme on on this uh, this album list. Like how what what kind of emotions or how much emotion are you getting out of me or how much how how are you stimulating my uh, my thoughts or my emotions or whatever. Um, and this band, whew, they have done it more than, well, with this song. This song has done it more than any other song this year. Um, and it's just an exhausting and exhilarating and horrifying at times piece of work. And it's absolutely brilliant. Satan in the Weight mm, by Daughters. Yes, yes, yes. Nice. Nice. Holy fuck. 
this thing it like gives me chills listening to it because it's just like there's a lot of apocalyptic imagery in here but it deals with things like it's a lot of dealing with like this breakdown mentally of this person who's been basically like verbally tortured his whole life um to the point where he to the point where like he just feels completely worthless but there's like he has these this realization where like oh like i know i know what everything is like it's just this like it's a very strange um jump into the mind of a person that's like trying to cope with feeling like a piece of shit because <laughs> of how people uh because okay, so like one of the opening lyrics is that bastard had a head like a matchstick face like he was sucking concrete through a straw <laughs> some faces not even a mother can love which is a fucking like insane image to paint first of all <laughs> that's so fucking messed up <laughs> But um, and and the entirety or the rest of the song is about has this apocalyptic nature to it. But it, from what I get from it, it's like it's apocalyptic nature, meaning that this guy is breaking down and every like he's on the verge of cracking. And there's this in, these instrumental moments that so it's a noise rock group first of all. Mm-hmm. So there's very sparse. It's not sparse instrumentation, but there's just this air, heavy, heavy, heavy air that sits throughout the entirety of the track, um, and it's basically like a single guitar tone that just kind of like goes like elongates itself over while um, while they're speaking about this this idea. And then the chorus comes in, and there's these like really bright um, melodic guitar tones that are kind of catchy um, and kind of like triumphant sounding. And um, the lyrics are, their bodies are opening or open, their channels are open, this world is opening up. And hmm. they they repeat that over on the choruses afterwards. But it progresses throughout the track and towards the end, it starts feeling like, oh, this is not like an okay thing. This is not like, oh, the this... He's opening up to the world. This person is is uh, becoming like enlightened or whatever. Like he's figured it out. He's okay with himself. It's like you start realiz- realizing like this like person is being swallowed mm. by the world. Like it's like hell is breaking out of the earth. That's like the image that starts getting painted through the lyrics, and then as the instrumentation starts to break down a little bit. So this track is like one of the most brilliantly produced songs I've heard all year also because it doesn't deviate a lot in terms of instrumentation. Like, it has those guitar tones, but, like, it goes right back into what it was doing. But it just slowly cranks up the dial in terms of, like, scariness and, like, apocalyptic nature to where you end, you're, like, all of a sudden at the end, you're like, what the fuck? These guitar tones don't sound the same anymore. I feel this (laughs) is not okay. And it's like... (laughs) The, just the picture that they paint on this um, is horrifying. It's um, it, it, it's like there's a lot of like real like empathy and actual importance to like to gain from something like this, but it's absolutely terrifying. But they they mask it in this way 
that draws you in with these like really gorgeous guitar tones um and end up you know giving you an experience that you probably weren't ready for but but it's like it's completely worth it um i you know i I said that always trying to work it out is the most distinct song of the year and i still think that but i haven't i i don't know if i've ever heard shit like this (laughs) though this song structure is fucking awesome and i'm i love this i love this track love it so yeah that's i I think that's all that i have to say about it nice nice pick nice job summarizing it i mean it's just the most i mean it's scary and it's unsettling and i mean there's there's a it came out kind of toward the end of the year so um, yeah but it'll that's how big of a fucking bombshell this thing is (laughs) right yeah like you, you didn't even have that much time with it but you already know like that's yeah yeah that's impressive well that's that's our top songs of the year um we've got about five minutes did you want to kind of read some of the other honorable mentions you were thinking about or uh sure uh shout out to uh let's see let's see shout out to hermit and recluse nice with sirens by the way i mean fucking awesome cool one of the best concepts i've heard uh, this year really cool track very very well produced that's one of the most uh um, weather uh, relatable tracks mm. I've heard all year so mm-hmm. like fall weather and stuff yeah and then uh, shout out to Saba also with Busy slash Sirens yes, yes. and uh, oh and Pusha T also with you if you know you know gotta have Push and uh, let me give you two more okay uh, yeah this, this, this old house is all I have by Against All Logic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. shout out to some of the best production um you could ask for from a project this year that's the and and uh yeah an interesting track and uh shout out also to ski mask with nice fly f b y v f r <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know how you know what that is but awesome awesome production really subtle stuff you know mm-hmm. great job to those people nice i like that do you have people or do you or people i do, <laughs> do have people have, do you have any any others that you want to yeah i talk about i kind of came up with five off the top of my head that i just i kind of thought about as a considerations i i do like your picks and the ski mask was another example of one where i can't you know no specific song stands out to me but it's just it's great throughout um yeah uh against all logic with uh, some kind of game uh, that's nice. that's my favorite from that um sophie with uh it's okay to cry hell of again another album opener but a hell of one at that very peaceful until the very end and then it's like oh shit what am i about to get myself into yeah um another album opener uh mgmt she works out too much just just a a fun song about you know the relationship didn't work out because he didn't work out you know just kind of kind of a funny thesis there um Shoot, what else did I have? Oh, Blood Orange Charcoal Baby. Uh, that almost nice. made my list. Yeah. Then uh, uh, a song that... Uh, the only song that I considered that isn't from a 2018 album, This Is America, Childish Gambino. I mean, I, I yeah. just couldn't not be an honorable mention. It's a great song. I mean, the video is, uh, you know, otherworldly, but the, the song, I think, is pretty good in its own right. So there you yeah. go. Yeah, I considered, I considered that one, too, for a second yeah it's uh been a hell of a year um 
thank you for doing this podcast with me. We're almost this out of time fun. here. We, you, yeah, we definitely need to be doing this at the end of the year more consistently. Absolutely. I don't know why we just did it. Maybe it's because the holidays are a busy time or whatever. Yeah, we. I think we just got too caught up in our albums list. So this year we've been able to like delegate that time more efficiently. Right. Yeah. Well, be on the lookout for our playlist, whether you're a Spotify or an Apple Music user. Um, and keep an eye out for under the scope site.wordpress.com for our top 50 albums list. Uh, each of us has our own top 50. And if they're anything like our songs list, they're going to be pretty different from each other with a few minor exceptions. So uh, stay tuned for that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for joining me, Pat. Um, this Yeah, this was awesome. Yeah. Thank you for listening, listeners. And uh, we'll see you in 2019. All right. Bye-bye.